0: Give it Good evening and welcome to your Sunday edition of the Gersnake Weekly Rangers Podcast. My name's Scott Patterson. As always, you are very welcome. Before we get into the the nuts and bolts of things, a quick hello to our good friends across at Zenith Coins. These guys are currently pulling together their own beautifully crafted Rangers coin collection. Five um, iconic coins really celebrating big moments of our past. The Founding Fathers, Ibrox Stadium, there's a coin for the Barcelona Bears of 1972, a coin commemorated to the nine in a row squad of the nineties, and a coin that is dedicated to our fifty fifth league championship title under Stephen Gerrard from last year. Visit their websites, all the W's, zenithcoins.com. So, twenty fourth of April, um, well, we're glad to be back. And joining me on, on the podcast this week is Ross, who is in the opposite chair. He's not hosting this week. Hi, Ross, how are you?
1: I'm very well, Scott. I'm very well. It's uh, it's quite nice to not be hosting. I don't need to forget the agenda. (laughs) I just do my research, watch the game and and, and enjoy myself.
0: No, I'm very well, thanks. How are you? Yes, very well, thank you. It's good to have you on. Good to meet you as well. Absolutely. Um, And and Dougie Kinnear's back. Hi, Dougie. How are you, mate? I'm
2: good, thanks, Scott. Um, Yeah, first time joining a podcast with you, so it's a pleasure. Um, But yes, nice and sunny up in Glasgow at the moment. Um, could do a little bit less wind But no, it's been a good weekend
0: Absolutely, Listen, you're absolutely right I was out today with the kids And we went to a local park um, Great intentions to hang around in the swings, etc And then when we got there It was icy cold And I thought, no, sack that You can go in the swings And then we'll back up the road for some hot chocolate And that'll do us nicely um, <laughs> Listen, so we've got We've got a, a, a big Saturday to discuss I think we're all very aware of um, What happened at Firth Park yesterday We'll cover the 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 occasion. We'll, we'll speak about the the sort of build up to the game, the changes that were made. The, the match itself. We'll do a little bit about um, what this week really holds for Rangers. Huge week. Two big big games. One, of course, which traditionally always takes care of itself. Final, final game of the season. Um, bigger game to come um, ahead of that, which I, I think deserves. Um, way More attention to be perfectly honest with you, Ross. We'll go into the team selection for, for Motherwell first. Um, eight changes from, from the victory at Hamden. Um, I'll be honest with you, when the team lines came in, my instant reaction was, We've chucked the league, then haven't we?
1: Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Um, I did a, a quick chat with with Eck on the channel, uh, 11 o'clock on Saturday, so about an hour before kickoff. Um, and it was 15 minutes after that team had, had, had been announced, and we essentially we're trying to rack our brains as to how we'd landed on that. Um with so many key players, important players being being put on the bench, you know, John Lundstrom, Joe Aribo, Ryan yeah. Jack and um some real, real surprises in there. But it was apparent that the um, the manager, I think, had two things on his mind. One was, of course, uh, what we have coming up this week, um, and he's putting a lot of eggs in the European basket. In my opinion, yeah, um, which I'm not, I'm not disappointed about. Um, we all know about Celtic's form over the past three or four months, and I'm not, I'm not sad to see us actually prioritising Europe at this point. But he's also, um, he was very, very clearly had a, a game plan and strategy of, of pace up front, pacey uh, forward players, and it worked. And actually, you know, we we could we've all talked a lot about Gio and and some of his selections and his tactics and and what he's got right and what he's got wrong. I think it's clear he's a smart guy. Like he's always he's always got a plan. He's always got some kind of scheme. Um, and look, we'll talk about individual performances in a moment. But I was actually really really impressed with what I saw from many of the players, many of the second string players, yeah. arguably who who came in. So yeah, a real surprise, but. Even going down to ten men, it, it worked. We got what we wanted, and I think um, I think Geo should be applauded for that.
0: Yeah, agreed. Together, there, there was certainly some sort of eyebrow-raising names in there. Scott Wright for the start, Diallo playing from the start, um Arfield almost playing the, the sort of pocket ten, if you like. The big thing for me was that perhaps unfairly, you could argue that the cup keeper had been dropped. Um, I don't think anyone really. Um, was surprised to see him play against Celtic at Hamden. Um, I think he could argue he'd done enough to, to maybe keep his place for, for Sunday at Firth Park.
2: Yeah, I think John McLaughlin is a cup goalie, so um, he rightly started on Sunday last week at, at Hamden against Celtic. I'm not sure who should be our number one this season, to be perfectly <laughs> honest, Scott. Um, It's a different point, isn't it? uh, Big big time. McLaughlin done nothing wrong um, against Celtic. In fact, he he was very good coming off his line, which obviously Alan McGregor hasn't been this season. Yeah. But I don't think he comes up with the big moments like an Alan McGregor does. And Alan McGregor's proved it time and time again, even this season, particularly in Europe, with one eye on Thursday. Maybe G was thinking uh, an ageing goalie needs some game times and minutes on the park before a big game on Thursday. And maybe that's why he's been given the nod. Um, But I put a poll out on Twitter this week asking supporters if they think that John McLaughlin should be number one next season. And it was unanimous. It was something like 87% said yes. And I think that speaks volumes as to how people rate our number two right now. And, you know, I've got no issues with either of them being number one right now. I just hope whoever it is on Thursday, and it's going to be Alan McGregor, um, needs to play out their skin. We need a big, big performance from everyone, especially our goalie on Thursday.
0: It's interesting, Dougie. You obviously, i seen your poll. Um, do you think a, a new goalkeeper comes into that equation in any way, shape or form? So if McGregor decides, sorry, after the final on the 21st of May, right, that's me, Medal in my pocket, I'm off Um I've, I've done my bit, I'm quite happy. Does McLaughlin automatically become the new number one or do we bring in someone else to, to fight for that jersey, if you like?
2: I think Alan Hutton has already kind of let the secret out that McGregor is planning to yeah. uh, hang up his gloves at the end of the season. Um, I don't know. What, what, what I can say is I think Robbie McCroney should be number two. And the fact that we've given John McLaughlin a new contract suggests that he's not going to be number two. There's a lot of names in the frame. You know the obvious ones were guys like Benjamin Seagrass at Dundee United, um, but we've seen guys like Martin Frazel, um over in um, I think it's Schalke. Shalka, I isn't think he is. Yeah, yeah. We've seen his name being linked with us as well. The fact that we're being linked with goalies suggests that we're maybe in the market for a goalie. I can't see us being in the market for a number two. So I either think we go and sign an absolute clear number one, or we give the the jersey to to John McLaughlin and. As I said, I've got no issues with John McLaughlin being number one. He's not let us down in any of the games he's played.
0: Ross, same question
2: to you. If, if, if
0: Giovanni is he's in here for the long haul, which we, we all hope and, and, and pray that he is, um, McGregor decides he wants to wrap it at the end of the season. Do, do, we, do we look to replace a number one or does McLaughlin automatically sort of move the next ring up the ladder, do you think?
1: It's, it's a really, really interesting one. I mean, John, McLaughlin, John McLaughlin's not young, But also, McGregor's shown that longevity that 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 the modern day goalkeeper can have with the right sports science around him. Um, I I think, and perhaps this is unfair. There's a lack of glamour around John McLaughlin, so he's kind of a a reliable, safe, sensible, and and probably reasonably cheap choice. Yeah, I think I'd actually, and I think it's similar to what what Dougie was saying a moment ago. I'd be okay either way. If we if we stick with John McLaughlin, I don't think it's going to cost us anything over the course of next season if we do go out and sign someone to be a proper number one it would have to be a real standout that would kind of get us all excited and I'd be happy with that as well so I don't think we can really do the wrong thing here I don't think anyone thinks that John McLaughlin's going to cost us three four five six points over the course of next season so um, there's probably other areas that I'd like to be invested actually there's certainly areas on that pitch that I'd like to be invested in first and much more heavily so if it comes down to a question of finances John McLaughlin all the way I don't think we have any issue with that
2: Sorry, Douglas. No, I was going to say, John McLaughlin just has heavy Neil Alexander vibes to me. You know, a goalie that's very reliable, he's never let us down, but as Ross said, he's just not sexy. You know, it doesn't come across as (laughs) when Alan McGregor hangs up his gloves, we're bringing in John McLaughlin to replace him. It just just doesn't feel like a... You you know, Alan McGregor's going to go down in history as one of our greatest goalies. It doesn't strike me as we're bringing in a goalie that's going to compete for that title but as we've said I think if John McLaughlin is our number one next year he's not going to let us down Listen I think when we, we, we speak
0: about our greatest goalie it seems like a, a good a time as any to, to really pass on our um, best wishes to Andy Gorham his, his family and close friends of course like the club announced last week that he's, he's having some health difficulties just now and um, everyone at Gelsnet needless to say wish him um, all the best in his um, future challenges so hopefully he, he continues to recover and recovers very well and he's back to the the game at Fur Park on Saturday. So we went to the game and we've made all the changes and and everyone at this point's thinking, yep, the, the league's gone, we've chucked it. Um, and Liam Kelly um, got the memo because he chucked one out in the itself, didn't he? Um, Ross, the, the, without focusing on on the, the mistake that he's clearly made, Liam Kelly's quite an able goalkeeper, we have to say. Um, the the two things I want to really highlight on the on the first goal, the delivery from Tav to, to the back post was excellent, and and Connor Goldson, who I I, I thought again was was really impressive um, all day Saturday, um, his header in the danger area was was equally as good, wasn't
1: it? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, it it surprised me actually to see that kind of short corner routine. Um, yeah. uh, and actually, as soon as that happened, I was a little bit annoyed because like, Tav's got such good delivery just put the ball in the box, but. Um, it... it it's quite clear that we have two set corner routines in my mind. You have uh, front post Joe Rebo, flick it on see what happens. And you have back post corner goals and knock it back across and see what happens. Both of them have been incredibly fruitful, actually. Um, and so, look, whether it's uh, whether it's Scott Wright's goal or not, I think everyone on that park wants it to be Scott Wright's goal, including Liam Kelly. Yeah. Um and I I still think he got a touch on it. I don't know, but it was a, it was a wonderful ball in. it was absolutely deadly. And I'm, I'm pleased to see that kind of a move um, paying off because clearly they, they they put a lot of time and effort into that on the training pitch. It was a, it was a wonderful ball in. Connor Goldson's peeled around the back. Absolutely. Superbly. it's a shame for the goalkeeper, in a way. Um, <laughs> if the goalkeeper hadn't have got that hand on it, who knows what would have happened. But yeah, really, really, really well-worked goal. Um, I always like seeing us score from set pieces. It's one of the few things that you can actively practice time and time again. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's a, that's a good goal in my book.
0: And, and Juggie, one of the, I think, it ties into the, the, um, the point we made at the start of the pod was all the changes being made. I don't think anyone would have expected Scott Wright to be in the middle of the six-yard box hustling, trying to trying to get a goal there.
2: Right place, right time. Um, absolutely. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yeah, six, I, I never put Scott Wright as a six-yard box striker, mind you. <laughs> there, was, there was some debate as to whether he was the one that got the final touch on it to get it over the, the line. There was absolutely no debate in the second goal, was there? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Which we'll come to. The
2: I think the you know the way they,
0: these games, they, they always have particularly for Park, there's moments that you look back and think that, that could have really changed the game. I want to focus on the, the sending off of, of, of Balogun. So when I initially saw it, my, my gut reaction when I saw it was, I'm not sure that's a red. However, I've seen it a couple of times since. Dougie, I don't think there's any debate it's a red.
2: Yeah, I think it's a really poor tackle from an experienced player. Yeah. Um, I think it's an easy red card. He's gone over the ball, the studs are up. Um, it's the last thing we wanted before Thursday. You know, we've got to play an hour with with, with 10 men in a pitch, meaning that um, some guys that are going to feature on Thursday will have had to put in an extra shift to cover more ground. Yeah. And obviously Calvin Bassey started on the bench, meaning he was most likely getting a rest before Thursday. So we've cut his rest short. Um, so I think it was the last thing that we needed. I think Balogun's let himself down and he's let, him, let, let his teammates down. But if you're talking about um, Balogan being a straight red card for his challenge. I think they won about five minutes later. On was it Diallo? Was it Diallo? I think it was it. I Score right. Was it I think it was, was Score right. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think I think it was something called a jammer, maybe for well. But I think if if Balling is a red card, that's certainly right up there. Good. I think one of the big differences for me, which is really frustrating, and I kept going on about it during um, the Champions League when I seen Atletico Madrid, is whenever there's a foul against us, for example. The Motherwell players hounded the referee. See, when you've seen the one and the other, you know, they shoes choose the other foot, the minute that tackle goes in, there's not a single Rangers player shouting for any decision to be made. And it allows the referee to think about it. Yeah. And the referee can can make his mind up and make a decision under zero pressure. And I'm not saying that we should be um, hounding referees. We'll leave that up to, to our neighbours across the other side of the city. Um, but... The gamesmanship from teams like Atletico Madrid does win them the odd point, And it's all about marginal gains in this league. Um, for me, I want to see us being a wee bit more, excuse the French, I want to see us be a wee bit more like bastards. So I want to see us um, shout for everything. And I think we should have put more pressure on the referee there. Yeah, Alison, I, I, I fully
0: like agree with you. Um, Ross, on, on the tackle, I, one of the things that surprised me the most, and it's been, is, I mean, Dougie's absolutely right, experienced pro. Do you know what I mean? Liam Balligan's not some eighteen-year-old that's that's just in the B squad. Um, it's when he makes the tackle. Do you know what I mean? It's it's an, an area of the pitch that I mean he's obviously doing his job by going across to maybe shepherd the ball away, but he nails the boy in the touchline and just doesn't have to do it.
1: Yeah, it's 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 a really really daft one, and I, I agree with both of you. It's it's a red card. I don't think you can have any complaints. Actually, at the time of the game yesterday, uh, I was I was in the car and I was listening to Tom Miller's uh, Rangers TV commentary. I, I've now watch the full ninety minutes this morning, but um, Tom Miller sort of saying, you know, "Oh, it's it's debatable. It, it, maybe he's got the ball first. It's not a red card. It, it was a red card. I think we can yeah, all we can all absolutely. see that." Um, Leon Balligan, it's it, it is a strange one. It's not like him at all. Um, I, I remember going back to the first old firm game of the season at Ibrooks, We won, uh, won one 0 Leon Balogun was outstanding that day because of the number of kind of blood and thunder sliding tackles that he yeah. put in. Um, he's, he's certainly got that ability in his locker. He's he's completely misjudged that and he's made a really rash decision, which is, which is really, really out of character for him. It's really unlike him. I can't think of another rash, stupid decision that he's made His decision-making. And his, uh, his kind of footballing intelligence is one of his, his strongest attributes. Yeah, He did... I think I'm right in saying he went down with a head knock, a clash of heads in the passage of play leading up to our corner that got us the goal, which that's is right. about three or four or five minutes before the red card happened. Um, Whether that's had any, look, maybe I'm grasping at straws here. I love Leon Balligan as a player. Maybe I'm just yeah. looking for any, any kind of excuse. It could have had an impact. He's gone down really serious head knock. Um, He's got back up and made a stupid decision. Maybe that's had something to do with it, but look, no complaints. Um, it's it's clearly thrown, as as Dougie rightly says, thrown some of our plans to rest players into into a bit of disarray. But we got the three points that we that we were asking for, and, and we move on.
0: I think the um, I think one of the things that that jumped out of me when when I seen it was just whereabouts he makes contact with the ball. So if he makes contact with the center of the ball, it's a great tackle yeah. because he's just going to follow right through and he's going to take the ball away. But because he he he, he almost runs over the top of the ball. Do you know what I mean? The next thing that he's going to hit is is the poor buggers' leg, effectively. Yeah,
1: it, it, it's exactly that. He kind of rolls over the top of the ball, which means that his, and his the angle of that, his studs are up, and he is naturally, I don't know how high a, how high a ball is, but you say at least 12 inches off the ground. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it is what it is.
0: And uh, listen, Dougie, I think you make a, a great point. The Motherwell centre-half um, tackle, sorry, three or four minutes later, um, you could have seen almost as a red card as well. And Giovanni van Bronckhorst was not amused at all that it wasn't a red, I think, based on what happened with Balogun previous.
2: I do think it's a red card. I just seen one of the comments there from from James saying that we probably shouldn't need to put the pressure on the referee because the the referee should be able to make that decision himself. And I think he's he's right. I think the referee's bottled um, a big call in the game. I think it's a red card. Yeah, and listen, I, I don't want us to go down how good are the referees in this country debate. Not tonight,
0: for goodness sake. Um, listen, it wasn't the only. So it wasn't all about Rangers in, in the first half. Motherwell, of course, did score in the first half. Um, the equaliser, a bit of, excuse the term, fanning about from, from Glenn Kamara that he would have got away with last season. I think we appreciate he would have dragged the ball back and sort of moved away with it at pace and looked really quite relaxed about it all. He's not got that this season. Loses possession. We don't particularly defend it well after that, I have to say. I don't think we really organise ourselves properly after Kamara loses the ball. The cross comes over and, and it's a good finish from Tierney, I think, was was the mother Motherwell scorer who clearly isn't a, from a family who have season ticket holders in and around the ground, I think it's safe to say. Um, one of the the, the things I've seen on, on social media, Ross, indeed was... Could the goalkeeper have came and claimed the ball at the cross? Now, I my own gut reaction is if our goalkeepers had capes on their shoulders, they ain't coming for that cross. No danger. Yeah,
1: I I agree. I think I think we're probably only asking that question because of the criticism that's been levelled at McGregor over the course of the Absolutely. season about coming for crosses, um, which is, most of which has been has been fair and justified. But in that case, that kind of ball, the the, um, the distance away from from the goal. No, he shouldn't have come for that cross. Um, I think he was right staying on his line. The defending, however, could have been better, and that's as you rightly say. That starts with Kamara, who just makes a bit of an arse of it. Um, But that's still there's still another sort of eight, nine, ten seconds before the the ball comes in that 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 leads to the goal, and we were just a little bit sort of sluggish and disorganised, I think, and. Not, I mean, it's very different circumstances, but not dissimilar to the goal that we conceded against Celtic in the Scottish Cup semi-final. Yeah, it's just like guys, just just switch on. This is a dangerous moment. Um, it's it's really frustrating because I don't think being switched off is necessarily a, a an affliction that we've suffered from this season. So I'm not quite sure where that's coming from, but. The defence, I think, on the whole could have done better. That starts with Kamara, but it's it's not just about Glenn Kamara. Um, obviously, I think at that point we are psychologically a little bit reeling from the from the sending off that happened uh, a few moments before. Um, but I don't think criticism really can be thrown at McGregor for that one.
0: And I think you have to say as well, dude, it was a good header by the boy, wasn't it? I mean, it was. It was a good header place. There was no goalkeeper getting it. Good header. It's a good header,
2: but... If, if I'm being very critical, Scott, I think it's it's um it's one of Calvin Bassi's biggest weaknesses. I don't think he's particularly good in the air for a big guy. And yeah. and for me, Bassey's allowed him to get off the ground and get get some get some movement on the ball. Bassey should be stronger in the air then. I want to see a centre back and right through the ball there. And I think, you know, as as Ross said, positionally we were we were weak. We've allowed the midfield runners from Motherwell to come into the box. You can see the position of our midfielders there. They're not, you know, they're not falling the runners. As I said, I think Calvin Bassett should be putting his head right through that. And and Dukie,
0: we'll, we'll stick with you. That was really we're approaching half time. At this point, we're one each. We're we're, we're down to, to ten men. What's your you're at half time as you go in there, one each. At this point, you obviously don't know if Celtic are going to go up to Dingwall and drop any points or not. We now know that they didn't. Um, by that point, you're thinking, oh no, this is maybe an opportunity lost again.
2: As I said earlier on, um, I had a family day planned yesterday. So I was watching briefly on my phone whilst our kids play park, um, <laughs> And I was kind of half following it, but at half time I thought the game was done. I, I genuinely thought that from there we were not going to come back and win the game. And, you know, you've credited Geo already um, for his tactics through the game. I think, I think Geo is getting it right at the moment. You know, I, I think back to some of the podcasts where I expressed some concern. With our manager, and I think I was right to express the concern, you know, we threw away a, a sizeable lead, and I'm still raging at the fact that we've thrown away the league title this season. Um, but there's some really encouraging signs. I think Gio is starting to learn how to how to win games in the yeah. bread and butter Scottish football. Um but I think one of the biggest things, you know, you've mentioned already about some of the squad players playing. I think he's now beginning to have faith outside of the the core group of players that he continued to play. yeah, And, you know, we've spoken before about I think he burnt certain players out. I think he overplayed Morelos, and, you know, Morelos' his injury was probably caused by overplaying him. He should have been taking Morelos off and he should have been bringing Rufo and giving him minutes. Um, it's good to see him starting to put a bit more faith, and I think that faith is beginning to get repaid.
0: Ross, I imagine that the half time team talk in the home dressing room would have been they're down to 10 men. When you come out in the second half, get right in about their ribs. Do you know what I mean? Get right into them. Um, and we started the second half like a train, didn't we?
1: Yeah, I was. I was actually really impressed with how we started the second half. I think it was a really defining period of the game. Obviously, we get the, the goal really early on, um, but I don't know what's been said in obviously in, in in our dressing room. But I think it's it's really impressive from us, kind of psychologically, to to, to come out in the way that we did. Um, yeah. I think we, yeah, you're, you're right. You would expect Motherwell to come out and be physical and go for, the, absolutely go for it. I was actually singing um, their manager's praises before the, the the game on on Saturday yesterday. Um, but I was disappointed with Motherwell. Truth be told, I thought they were really, really poor. I yeah. thought they were wasteful on the ball. Um, I thought they kind of lacked an identity in a, in a lot of ways. And Rangers took advantage of that. Um, now, clearly we lost, Diallo midway through the uh, midway through that first half, but we didn't lose the identity. We we didn't lose the the kind of hunger and tenacity of of fashion Zekala, the pace of Scott Wright, and and we kind of did that to devastating effect. So the game plan didn't change. Um, I think I, I was the same as as Dougie. I was really really worried at halftime. I thought that's there's there's no way back from this, yeah. um, and I kind of expected us to to crumble a little bit, but. I'm I'm really full of praise, particularly for the likes of Scott Wright and Fashion Sakala, who I I think were just full of energy, full of industry. Um, poor Motherwell side, absolutely a poor Motherwell side, but uh, yeah, really really impressive stuff from us.
0: And and Dukie, on Scott Wright, he has um, listen this season he's he's been he's had a bit of a tough time. Um, I I think he gets sometimes quite rightly he, he gets a bit of a doing for he's he's sort of his final ball. Which isn't really up to scratch. However, I have to say, Braga, good. Celtic, good.
2: Yesterday, very good. Took his goal very well. I think that's the difference. I think, particularly Sunday against Celtic last week, I thought Scott Wright came on and he put in a really good shift, but his final ball was still pretty poor. Yeah. Um, and that final third, in the circumstances in a big game, you want to see a bit more quality, especially when you've got guys like Amad Diallo on the pitch, right on the bench. Yeah. Diallo, you, you know, I, I mentioned around Gio losing faith in some of the, the fringe players. I think he lost faith in and Amad Diallo in particular, um, at Celtic Park. And he's had to work really hard to get back in. But you're talking about a player of real quality. You know, he might not have the work rate of some of Scott Wright, but he's got frightening technical ability. Um I think the difference on um yesterday with Scott Wright is that is that final ball, you know, he's He's been there in the penalty box for the first goal. The second goal is a great finish. Um, yeah. He's made a great run. Don't get me wrong, Sakala deserves a lot of credit for his run. Um, you know, I know we're going to look ahead to the Leipzig game. That's what we need from Sakala Get into yeah. the European game in the first leg. Is we need him to, to carry the ball, um, yeah. to, to to run at defenders, um, potentially sometimes when he's on his own. Um, but Wright's made a very intelligent run to the side He's, he's actually allowed the left-sided um, I think it's the left-back from Motherwell To come inside To try and get Sakala, And it's it's given him a, an inch To get that angle for a shot And as I said earlier on For me, Scott Wright I, I seen a poll earlier on in the chat Around Man of the Match For me, Scott Wright was my Man of the Match yesterday Ross, the, the, the thing that I,
0: I thought was really clever about Wright's goal Is that he puts it in He almost puts it in the only place that he can score he can't he can put it down to the, the left-hand side of the goalkeeper. It almost has to come right across the left-back, goes through the, the left-back's um, legs, which is always nice to see. But be- because of where Liam Kelly's positioned, it's, it's always going to just drift by him and, and and trickle into that bottom right-hand corner. It, it was it was good for Scott Wright. I think you could see the elation after him scoring. It was a huge relief just for him, him to get a goal and, and maybe a monkey off his back a little bit.
1: Absolutely. I think... We, we all probably wanted to see Scott Wright add some goals to his game. Yeah. Um, clearly a very talented player. I think it must have been a really, really frustrating season for him personally. He came in obviously halfway through last year and um, looked really, really promising. And it's just not quite happened for him this season. He's not kicked on in the way that we would have liked him to. And there was almost a danger of his Rangers career tailing off here and kind of doing a bit of a Jordan Jones of going, well, he was a good player, but it just never really happened. And he'll yeah, he'll absolutely. go off somewhere else and do okay. Um, I'd still, I'd still like to see Scott Wright doing really well in a Rangers shirt. I think there's, there's clearly a very talented player in there. Still needs refining. Still needs to maybe. I don't know if it's, if it's a confidence thing, but I agree with what you said said a moment ago, Scott. That last three games he's played really, really well. Maybe this is the impact of, of, of confidence. I think confidence is a huge thing for a lot of football players. Um, but I think yeah he was he was my man of the match as well his running was really really dangerous he was always in good positions and he took his goal absolutely beautifully it was uh, you know it's a, a really really sort of cultured and stylish finish so yeah really really pleased for him i hope he has a uh, a really sort of strong productive pre-season um he'll be fighting for, for starting positions again next season. He probably won't start off the season as a first no. choice. Uh, he's you know he's up against some some good players and the likes of, of Ryan Kent, Joe Aribo um, could be deployed there. Even the likes of Yanis Hadji returning, if that's where he might be he deployed as well. Um, but it's kind of all in Scott Wright's hands now, what he wants to do and, and, and where he takes it. And um, look, the signs
0: are looking pretty promising. And I think as well, Ross, listen, guys like Scott Wright, um, and Sakala, who will come on in a second, are going to be very important over the next week. We we know yeah. that. Do you know what I mean? We're missing Morelos now until next season. That is just the way of it. Typically, we're, we're missing Roof at a really shitty time where we could have done really done with him being available. So, um, Scott Wright is going to get game time, and he's going to get yeah. game time ahead of guys like Diallo. I think purely because of his work rate, the effort that he, that he puts in. Um, so he's he's definitely going to get that game time. It's up to him to to sort of show that he's up for it.
1: Yeah, and, and he deserves that. He, he's, he, I think he's earned the right, in in the absence of of a Kamar Roof and an Aaron Ramsey and a Alfredo Morelos, he's earned the right to go and, and, and play. Um, we have also seen, I think, a lot of our European journey this, uh, this season so far has been defined by teams playing very high lines and leaving a lot of space in behind. Perfect for Scott Wright get yeah. on the ball and run in behind. So, uh, yeah, it's, it is all set up for him to, to do well. And you're right, we will see a lot more of him.
0: Dougie, the third goal, uh, Rangers third goal of the afternoon, um, came, needless to say, from a penalty. So Nick Walsh got the memo. Um, it was a penalty, I felt. It was, It was. listen, it was soft. I don't think there's any doubt it was a soft penalty. A great run by Sakala. By they couldn't deal with Sakala running at them with the ball, I felt. It gave them problems, particularly in the second half. Um, and the big guy I think it was McGaby um, brings him down and and listen it it was a penalty I I don't know if you
2: agree I think it's a stonewall penalty Um, I think the Motherwell players slid in he's not got the ball and he's taken Sakala's legs away from him credit to Sakala for the run but I think it's a penalty in fact I think it's the worst conspiracy theory ever that (laughs) Rangers Rangers always get penalties because I don't know if you've seen the stat in the league this season but Ross County have the most penalties in the league on nine. Then it's Hearts on eight. And Rangers and Celtic are both joint with seven. Unbelievable. It's, it's crazy. You know, when you think of the narrative that's been drawn about Rangers always get penalties every game, we get a penalty. James Tavernier only scores from penalties. It's, it's, it's a pile of shit for me. Those pesky um, stats. Those pesky <laughs> stats, they quash every rumour. But uh, I think James Tavernier deserves huge credit for... Another well-placed penalty. Yep. Um, 80 goals for Rangers as a right-back is an incredible stat. And, it really is. You know, I know we're, we're, we're all sitting watching um, Twitter right now to see what the Player of the Year awards uh, results are. For me, James Tavernier is our Player of the Year this season. Yep. Um, he's been Mr. Consistent for the full year. You know, you can look at pre-AFCON, the, the, the former Joe Arribo. I thought Joe Arribo was brilliant before the African Cup of Nations but he came back and he, 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 he you know he just didn't return. Alfredo Morelos had a brilliant spell at one point, but it's a consistency and it's not just the consistency of this season. You know so many people disrespect James Tavernier and I, I said it last year as well around Conor Goldson. Conor Goldson for me is a player that you won't realize just how important he is until he's gone. Yeah. And I seen a chat earlier on um around We should be giving him a new contract. I think the contract's on the table. I think it's up to Conor Goldson. I'm quietly confident, but really hopeful that at the end of the season, depending on how things go in Europe and depending on where his head's at, you know, he's got family commitments. His wife's um, just had a baby, a second baby. I think so, Um, yeah. They may want to go back to the Midlands again and, you know, West Brom are one of the teams that's rumoured. I just hope that he looks at it and he thinks, nah, do you know what? there's no place like Ibrox. Um, What an experience it's been this season for all the players in Europe. I'm hopeful that he stays, but for him and for Tav, you know, you mentioned earlier on about the, the Motherwell game. The two of them, for me, were excellent and they've been excellent all season. Um, James Tavernier has been excellent since since the day he signed, in my opinion. Ross,
0: if there was ever a time for Ross Wilson to get Connor Goldson to sign his name on the paper. I would argue, it was probably after Braga when he was staring up in the stands, yeah. amazed at the adulation he was getting. He'd done exactly the same thing after um, we knocked Celtic out the Scottish Cup last weekend, and he's he's looking up into the into the support, and you can't help but think he's thinking, "I'm not going to get this anywhere else." I you know this isn't going to happen for me anywhere else. So any decision he makes, I think is going to be a really difficult one that must be playing these heartstrings now for him to think I might be playing somewhere else next season.
1: Well, it the, there is clearly I, I think you're absolutely right. And I think Dougie hit on the on a key point there. There's clearly some form of kind of pull between the the professional and the personal. I think that's yep. the only real explanation as to because as I say it's quite visible displays of emotion that this guy's showing Um, it it does seem to be really Mm -hmm. really affecting him but that's kind of what makes me think that he will not sign on you know I I don't know anything more than anyone else but um, I I believe it's one of those that if it was going to be done it would be done by now I hope hope I'm proved wrong because I do I'm not one of those who sort of says just give him whatever he's asking for because I think there's a limit to that but I would love to see him carry on beyond the end of the season. Uh, I, I suspect if that was going to happen, he'd have signed on by now already. And, and I think that that's why we're starting to see the kind of emotional side of it. Um, you're, you're right, though, that he won't get this anywhere else. I was looking at his his career stats. Um, he's played, uh, as well as Rangers, he's played at Shrewsbury, Cheltenham and, and Brighton. Um well, you're not going to get the same adulation and uh, passion at any of those clubs. West Brom, um, West Brom's a great club. Hawthorne's is a wonderful stadium. We're very, very passionate fans, but it's not the same. No. And, and you can ask almost every Rangers player who then went and plied their trade in the English Championship. It's not the same. Of no. course, it's not the same. The money might be better, um, but it, 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 I, I don't even think it's that really for for Goldson. I suspect Dougie's absolutely right. I suspect it's the family tie. Um, and look, if, if this is if this is how it all kind of ends for for him at Rangers, he can, be very, he can be very very proud of what he's done. He's walking away at least with a, a, a league winners' medal, uh, hopefully with a Scottish Cup medal, and and possibly even with the Europa League winners' medal. So. Um, a fantastic servant for the club for the last few years, um, and I, I agree with the pair of you. He's had a really, really strong season again.
0: Yeah. Listen, personally, I, I think, I think, um, I think there's a good chance you'll see him rocking up Aston Villa next season. Um, and I don't think him and, and Tyrone Mings as a centre half performing together is is that bad. I have to say. Um, but Ross, I'll come back to you. I, James Tavernier's playing really well now, and 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 I agree with Dougie. I do think he's he's player of the, the year this year. Has to be. Um, his numbers are just bonkers, absolutely bonkers. How important is it to have the captain playing as well as he is just now, with these two huge games around the corner?
1: Absolutely vital, absolutely vital. I mean, it w- yesterday was goal goal number eighty, I think, yeah. for Rangers. Um, ludicrous, absolutely ludicrous. <laughs> Even you know, is this is is this his seventh seventh season at Rangers, maybe even his eighth season at Rangers. Yep. Um, that longevity you don't see very often anymore. Uh, so we are talking about, in my opinion, he's now in that conversation of legend status, the captain that delivered 55, um, And this is his his best season, in my opinion, to date. I think he's better this year than he was last year. Um, Last year, he was very, very good, but others were better. This season, he is, for me, standout player of the season. We're all kind of refreshing our Twitter feeds here, I think, (laughs) waiting for the news to drop as to who won it. But no one will be surprised when the tweet comes in to say that it was Tav. And I think it's not just important to have him playing well, um, but it's important i I think when we get to, say, the the Scottish Cup final on the 21st of May, Tavernier was in that team that lost to Hibbs. Yeah. It's it's very, very important for him to, I guess, spell out the expectations because he, believe me, he knows the expectations after, after being here for seven years, but also spell out the heartache and the hurt that he's been through as a player at Rangers. Uh, because this season will hurt a lot of them. A lot of the players that have come in... Um, and immediately tasted success last season, they won't actually know the, the the pain and the heartache that the club and the fans have been through in the past 10 years. So I think he's got a really, really important role to play, not just setting the standards off the pitch, uh, sorry, not just setting the standards on the pitch, but leading the message off the pitch as well.
0: And do you do you gave us the, the thumbs up there. You got some breaking news?
2: Is it a, a Jim White moment for you? Yeah, yep, yellow tie at the ready. Uh, <laughs> the breaking news is Calvin Bassey has just won Young Player of the Year, so two things. One, that means the player of the year um award's going to be announced shortly. But yep. on Calvin Bassey, I think Calvin Bassey's had a great season. Um do you know, I, I think we've got a real raw diamond, you know, a rough diamond in Calvin Bassey. He might be poor in here. He does have some um areas of weakness that he he needs to develop, but he's a young lad. You know, I, I can't remember what age he is, I think he's 22. We're talking about a player that can play centre-back and left-back in in two completely different styles. You know, as a centre-back, he he can be commanding in the challenge. At left-back, he is up and down the wing the full game. Um, I think he's had a a tremendous season um, and it's very well deserved that he's getting Young Player of the Year.
0: Dougie, I'll stick with you. I'll tell you why we we spoke um, about... Basse been able to play the left back equally as well as as that sort of left sided centre half. Bit of flexibility there, which is great to see. Um Bonner seems to have came out of nowhere um and, and has made the left back roll his own again after do you know what I mean? You go back to the second of February at Celtic Park, a shocking night for him. Maybe the worst left back performance I think I've ever seen from a Rangers player. And he, he disappeared. Confidence in the gutter fans confidence in him lower than that, I
2: would say. Last three games. Great, great, great. Left back to his own again, isn't it? I think one of the things we've got to say about Barisic is it's great management from Gio. Yeah. You know, he's he's recognized that he has had an absolute stinker at Celtic Park. And Borna Barisic is probably the epitome of us as a team, as confidence players. When his confidence is high, you see the performances he's given just now. When his confidence is low, you know, you've seen uh, Callum McGregor calling him a shite bag at Celtic yep. Park and I think that's what you get from, from Borna as he's heartless um, I really like Borna on his day I think when Borna Barisic is on this form for me he deserves to start left back and yep. he would be left back getting into Thursday night's game but I would sell Borna Barisic in the summer because we need players who can fight in adversity and I, I, I Despite really liking Borna, I just don't think he has the mental strength required to be a a success at Rangers. Um, But it's how much money we're going to get for Borna. You know, he's at that age now. I think we'd be lucky to get 2 million. I think it'd be somewhere between 1 and 2 million. And it's then looking at who can you really get to replace him for 1 to 2 million. Um, But yeah, I I think you're getting something completely different between Borna and Bassi. And I think the two of them do complement each other. Because in certain games you can play Borna, and other games you can play Calvin Bassey. Um, it's long-term future for me isn't at Ibrox, unfortunately. Yeah, Ross. This, the
0: cynic in me, listen, suggests that Barisic's form is is picking up, and he's looking really, really good all of a sudden, just ahead of the summer transfer window opening again.
1: Yeah, possibly, possibly. Um, it's a frustrating one. I think his value has has dipped. Quite significantly from, from probably where it was 18 months ago when he was Croatia's starting left back. And um uh, yeah, it, it it could well be that he's he's angling for that move. He knows this season has has been really disappointing. It's been comparable to his first season when we signed him from Osijek and remember that we were playing John Flanagan at left back ahead of him. <laughs> um, so some some dark times for him. And it's it is a strange one. Um, he's sort of this really hard-looking guy who I I certainly would not want to mess with, but he does seem to have a certain, I don't know, I agree with Dougie, maybe a a fragility or a frailty. Um, That being said, he has also provided us with some, some wonderful moments this season, his delivery into the box um, against, it was against Celtic, wasn't it? Where he he sort of, uh, the balls into the box. It was was as if we jumped back 12, 18 months. Um, He's a very, very good, very talented player. He is, I mentioned it earlier, but he's one of these real confidence players. And his confidence took a battering that, that led to him having an extended absence out of the team. Calvin Bassey, of course, stepped up, and Calvin Bassey's absolutely fearless. Like he does not care who he's playing against. And he will he will do the same against Ross County as he will against Dortmund. Yeah. And we and we we've seen that this season. He's a real asset to the squad, um, a real, a real prospect as well. So um it was one of those, that if, if Borna does go, I, I would have been happy to see Borner go in the summer at the end of last season. I think we'd have got a lot of good money for him. Um, but if Borna does go, I'm confident in Calvin Bassey uh, to, to be that first choice. Um, the, the young lad, uh, Robbie Fraser, plays for the B team as well. Very yep. highly rated, good prospect. Um, so I I don't think we're in a bad position if Borna was to move on.
0: Uh, you know, the thing about Bassey as well, I think as the... As the seasons went on, we've steadily seen progress from him, particularly when he's played at left back. You, uh, you look at the, the Dortmund game when he, when he, he sort of, um, he terrorizes their right back and then gets the cross in for Tavernier to, to score. I don't think he does that. Maybe three months previous. I don't think he makes the, he makes up the, the ground to to make the cross and the cross certainly wouldn't be as good as it was. So I think we've seen a a steady improvement as as the season went on. And, and listen, he's he's certainly my young player of the year. There's there's no two ways about it. Um, listen, guys, let's get into what is a a huge week for the football club. Ross, I know you're going away to to Germany on, on Thursday, so we'll come to you in a second. Um, Dougie, what's your thoughts going into the the Leipzig game on 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 Thursday? Is there is there a confidence there that you would maybe not felt before. Or do, you, do you
2: think we can go there and get a result? I'm just excited, Scott. You know, um, after Manchester in 2008 and everything that's happened in the last 10 years, I didn't think we would be in this position again so soon. Yeah. So it's a it's a privilege to see your club in a semi final of a European tournament. So I'm I'm really excited about Thursday. Um, for me, there's two things. One, I just want us to be in the tie. Um, to get back to Ibrooks. It's such a huge advantage to be back at Ibrooks with our support um, yeah. for the second leg. And I just want it to be, you know, the, from a, a first leg perspective, I just want the tie to be still playable in the second leg. But it, it's just sod's law, the injuries that are happening to us at this key stage of the season. Kamar Roof obviously, an absolute hammer blow after the, the semi final at Hamden. But you know what? I, something tells me that this game might actually suit a runner. You know, Kamar Roof's a penalty box striker. Yeah, I think we probably would have started Sakala anyway if um, if if Roof was even fit for this game. There's a bit of talk right now, and I've seen some chat um, on the podcast page right now on YouTube, that Sakala didn't travel to Dortmund because of the German vaccination rules. We are, we're not clear right now whether Sakala... Um, will be able to travel because the rules still exist that you have to be vaccinated to travel to Germany unless it's a, an urgent need. I don't know if there's any exemptions that can be brought in around a semi-final of a European football tournament. Um, but if Sakala does play, I think Sakala might actually suit this game. I think his legs could really help us. Um, one of my biggest criticisms around Sakala, though, and it's a big difference between him and Ruth, is for all his energy, all his enthusiasm, his pace that terrifies defenders. He just lacks that bit of composure and class in front of goal. Yeah. Um so yeah, hopefully Sicala's fit because the alternatives are are fit to travel because the alternatives frighten me. Um yeah. But yeah, I'm just excited for Thursday. Unlike unlike Ross, I'm not traveling, but I'll be watching it in a pub. Listen, you know, I, I really like the way that you refer to
0: the the excitement of it. Earlier on tonight I was looking at um, I videoed the, the Tav penalty against um, Braga and uh, I, I was watching it back and it, it took a wee bit longer for him to take the penalty because the ref was messing about with their players making sure they were out the road and etc um, and when, when he scored you know, I, I don't know how I managed to keep holding my phone to be perfectly honest with you because there was just sheer elation all around me so I, I, I can absolutely associate with the excitement, the anticipation of potentially getting them back to a shootout at Ibrox. I think the, the importance of going over there and keeping a, a clean sheet, um, maybe coming back with a 1-0 defeat, I think would be huge for the tie. And I think it really gives us a shot in the arm to do something at Ibrox. Ross, you lucky, lucky fool you're going. Um, looking forward to it, I imagine. Um, do you go over there with trepidation or bags of confidence?
1: Um Neither probably. <laughs> um, I, I think it's a it's a joy and a delight to be in the competition at this stage. Of course, of course it, it is. is. We have earned the right to be in the conversation about the final. Um, we have beaten on paper a harder team uh, in, in, in this competition already. So yep. there's no reason to think that we are down and out and beaten. I agree with both of you. Let's keep this to within one. Let's keep this alive and have a good night at Ibrox. Let's Let's give the fans something to remember. Let's have a reason to celebrate. I am confident that whatever happens, uh, both this coming Thursday and the following Thursday back at Ibrooks, the players will be applauded off the park, um, surely by the the, the the fact that they've got us to this stage and they've allowed us to go on this journey this season, um, which after the second game of the group stage, when we lost to Sparta Prague, this was Unfathomable that we would yep. be a, that we would be off to to Leipzig in a semi final. Um, uh, there's uh, they're a very tough team, of course they are. That is reflected in the bookmakers' odds. We are not the favourite. We haven't been the favourite for a very very long time actually. So <laughs> that's fine. That suits us. I think if we were to go there and, and park the bus and set eleven men eleven men behind the ball, we're in for a really tough time. Yep. But let's go for it we've got we, goal. as we say we've got that pace none of us know what geo's going to do um Gio is like i say i think he'll he'll always have a plan and he'll always have a few plans and he'll be he'll be willing to to change that plan as we saw in the the home leg against dortmund when he changed that at halftime. um i'm very very much looking forward to it. i was in leipzig in was it 2017 when we had that that uh, that friendly in the snow in january um big philip senderos and um <laughs> <laughs> it, was just not a, it was Barry McKay playing that day as well, I think. Not a, a happy day when we went and lost 4-0 in the snow. Um, so I'm really excited to be going back. Uh, I think it'll be a, a wonderful occasion. And let's let's keep it close. Let's have one. Uh, Alec Anderson made a really good point on, uh, on our preview show yesterday. We have played the maximum amount of home games now. In the Europa League. Like, we couldn't be playing any more games at Ibrox because the, like, there are no more home games to be had after yeah. the next week. It's a really weird thing to say, but that's how far this team have gotten us is that, however, you know, however badly or however well it goes, there was only ever going to be the potential of one more 90 minutes of football in this competition. We've literally yeah. got that far. So, um, it's it's been it's been a really wonderful sort of experience this season. I can't wait for Thursday. I actually can't wait for Wednesday when my experience will start in Germany. Um, I'm less looking forward to Friday when I think my experience will have carried on a wee bit too long. Um but it's gonna be a a really good week.
0: I'll tell you, you no, know it'll but be, it'll be fascinating to see the boy in Kunku, who who they've got as a is a wonderful, wonderful yeah. footballer. I mean, he's had a, a fantastic campaign. Um, domestically over there. He's been really good for them in the Europa League all season. I'm, I'm sure um, he came up through the, the PSG sort of set-up. Um, he's a cracking player. We'll do well to keep him quiet um, for, for any portion of the game, to be brutally honest with you. We, we now know that um, James Tavernier has been voted um, by his peers as, as Player of the Year. Um, I suspect the next announcement will be that he is the Top man, I, I would fully expect him to be to be player of the year as well. Before we get on a bit more about Tavernier, Duke, I just wonder, you know, I was at the, I wasn't, I couldn't go to the Malmo game. I was on holiday, but I remember watching the Malmo home tie, um, and I watched them trudge off. Um, they were down to ten men at that point, and at that point, you think got a really good chance of getting the Champions League here. And, and brutal honesty, the Europa League semi final. It's never anywhere near your head at that point. You don't think it's it's anything you're going to think about. To think that we are um, 180 minutes away from from getting to a major European
2: final is just incredible, is it not? Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, Don't get me wrong, though. Malmo completely threw up our plans for this season. I keep going about it. Malmo ruined us financially this year and it set us back. You know, Malmo, that one result against Malmo cost as a league, in my opinion, because it stopped us from being able to strengthen the team. Um but in terms of being here in a semi-final, to Rossi's point, you know, we're not going to be able to play any more football at Ibrooks in this competition. That means the club have generated all the money from ticket sales and all that good stuff. So we have got we have banked a lot of money from this European run. Um, It was unimaginable. Um, You just mentioned in Cuckoo or in there. Um, his stats are 17 goals and 15 assists and 31 appearances that's the quality of player that we are going, to, going up against he's attracting interest from all the elite clubs Leipzig is our biggest challenge in this tournament to date um, what, I mean if that doesn't get you psyched up for, for Thursday's game and then a the return leg at Ibrox then football is not the sport for you Yeah, listen, absolutely I completely agree with you um, it's,
0: it's a game that I think we as a support, we, we can look forward to. We always look forward to, to Thursday to hopefully bring in something positive back. The match at um, Ibrox a week on Thursday will just be incredible. I, I think it'll be like something we've um, never experienced before. I, I genuinely do. I think it'll be an incredible evening. The difference between um, maybe this run and the run back in 2008, in my opinion, was in 2008, we set up very cleverly not to get pumped. You know, so we, we we were smart in the way we played the games. We managed them really well. We had the master of management, as far as I was concerned back then, who made sure we were going to be okay every single 90 minutes. And he got us there. Um, this time it's different because we've we kind of, we've went for teams. Do you know what I mean? We've went for Belgrade, Braga, Borussia, Dortmund. Do you know what I mean? Dortmund never beat us over two legs. We we gave them a bit of a going over in in their own backyard. Ross, I think there's a there's a confidence that the Rangers fans maybe can't be too used to going into such a big game on Thursday night.
1: Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, you back this team to score against anyone. I mean, yes. I've just seen also John Lundstrom um, his goal against Dortmund has, has has been voted for goal of the season. Brilliant. And I was just watching it there on on Twitter. That goal put us three 0 up at Dortmund. <laughs> like we, so we do. We score. We we will score goals wherever we go. And and you're absolutely right. And this is what I meant when I referred to earlier when I said, put eleven men behind the ball and we're we're done. We're done. So and that's that's not to say that Walter's style of doing it was wrong because the players that we had and the oppositions that we came up against that was the absolutely the right way to do it. Yeah. Um. It's completely different this time around. Probably more exciting this time around. Um. And I, I agree with you. The given the context of everything that we've been through in the past ten to fifteen years, next Thursday night at Ibrooks, if we are alive in this tie, is going to be oh, like nothing else.
0: I can't wait. I mean, I'm really. I don't. I don't want to wish my life away, but I'm almost looking forward to that already. <laughs> and we've got a lot of big games to 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 come before the the home leg, of course. the, the leg over there, Dougie. We we have the 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 small matter of uh, a visit to to Celtic Park this coming Sunday. I'm I'm sure we'll speak about that um on on the the Night channel as, as the week goes by. Um, old firm games are are always they always look after themselves as far as I'm concerned. This is the last one, of course, of the season. Um, a lot riding on it in, in the sense that there's a there's a bit of a pride thing. I think now. Um, I wonder how we would have felt going into that game on Sunday had we been knocked out the Scottish Cup semi-final last weekend I think it was an entirely different landscape this weekend
2: yeah I said it uh, to my dad at the game last weekend that if we get beat at Hamden I think our heads would have been down getting into Leipzig and also going to Celtic Park in the, the last old firm Glasgow Derby um, of the season and I don't think we'd have won being perfectly honest um, but on the Celtic game at Celtic Park the league's done it's it's hard to say. It's hard to admit at this stage. Um, the league's done. For me, the priority is Europe. Um, I hope the supporters go with their sombreros and their beach balls. Um, <laughs> but I fully expect Geo to to rotate the team again. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if we go and we get beat. See, to be perfectly honest, I don't care because we're in a semi-final of a European tournament. That's the priority for me. And you know, when Ross was talking there, I was just thinking about a conversation we had at the beginning of this. This season on the pods around what our objectives were for this year. This season goes down as a disappointment so far because we have not won the league. Yeah. You know, winning a league was was priority number one. Winning a cup was priority number two. Um, we fucked the league. We we are to blame for not winning a league. We we threw it away. Um, we need to go and now beat Hearts. We need to go and win that cup. But we have the opportunity to turn a disappointment season disappointing season into one of the greatest seasons of my life yeah. because if we now go and win the Europa League that becomes a, a monumental part of our club's history on our 150th year anniversary that will go down for generations looking back on this team and you've absolutely called it bang on when you look back in the 2008 run it was pretty turgid you know we were drawing nothing each at home and then get away and scraping one nils away from home and you know it wasn't a great view we have went toe-to-toe with some of Europe's best teams. Borussia Dortmund, you know, let's not beat about the Bush here. Borussia Dortmund were the favourites before they get knocked out. We knocked them out. We went 3-0 up at the Westphalen. The goal that, that, that John Lundstrom scored has just been voted our goal of the season. Yeah. We have, we, we deserve to be in the semi-final. Um, that's my full focus. And if we win, then I'll put it down as a, an exceptional season. If we get beat, it's a disappointing season.
0: So I'll tell you, we'll, I'll give you both the, the opportunity to answer this question. Last one of the night, Dougie, we'll start with you. Crystal ball time, next Sunday night, half past 10, you're sitting here. What do you think you have from the Thursday previous and the, the lunchtime that day? Are we looking at sort of a win win, win lose, lose lose?
2: What are we thinking? Um, Genuinely, as I just said, I don't care about the Celtic game. I really don't. Um, I don't care if we go and lose. It depends on how Thursday goes we might rotate players. If we rotate players and we lose, I don't care. Yeah. Um, as long as we're still in the tie. My prediction is it'll probably lose-lose. But I think it'll be a marginal loss over yeah. in Germany. Um, I looked at the Bundesliga table just before I came on. Um, they're sitting fourth. Um, they've been on a very good run of form. Leipzig, they beat Leverkusen to overtake them to go third last weekend. And then it was probably a shock defeat yesterday to Union Berlin. Yeah, team that they, just, they just beat Leipzig. Uh, during the week to uh, qualify for the, the German Cup final um, so it's probably a bit of a shock for them to get beat this weekend they're a very very good team if we if we get beat by one goal and the tie's still there for the taking at Ibrox, um, two losses I would take right now as long as we're still in the tie for the second leg and Ross same, you strike me as
0: a crystal ball man um, same question to you I mean the, the obvious preference is win-win of course it is for goodness sake Um, Could we have the audacity to get two positive results? Uh,
1: Yeah, I I don't see why not. And and two positive results doesn't necessarily mean win-win. It could be draw-win. It could be Um, tight-loss-win. Yeah, look, crystal ball time, I think we win one of them. Crystal ball time, I think the players give us a lot to be proud of. Um, my final prediction is that I miss my flight home on Friday morning. Um, <laughs> but all in all, I think it's. I think it's going to be. It's a, you know, we spoke at the start of this month about April being a defining month. Yeah. Um, it, it has been, but it's also kind of been quite difficult to define because it's been an extreme high and an extreme low. We've lost the league, but we're still in Europe. Um, it's it's another defining week. Uh, yeah. It's, it's a huge week it's a monumental week the eyes of the footballing world are on us um, could we be setting up a kind of an all-Britain final how amazing would that be Ach, it's uh, it's a really really exciting week
0: yeah it really is Ross listen I hope you have a fantastic trip enjoy thank it thank you very You're much um, and we will catch up when you get back thanks for joining us tonight thanks for your time thank you thank you and and Dougie good to have you on as well buddy fingers crossed for, for
2: a positive result on Thursday that's all you can hope isn't it that's it um Honestly, I would take a one-goal deficit right now, but it, I don't want it to be too negative. Surprisingly, I'm looking at the comments right now, nobody's absolutely slaughtering me for being too negative. <laughs> um, but genuinely, one, one goal in it. Um, coming back to Ibrooks, I would bite your hands off for it right now. I genuinely, it, it's really strange in a semi-final of a European tournament. Um, it's one of those ones, you go to Motherwell yesterday, I don't feel confident you're playing Leipzig and you get confident. It's it's a bizarre feeling, but I genuinely believe we can qualify for the final of the Europa League. And that statement alone is just unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, Lanik shot at Leipzig. Who'd have thought it?
0: For goodness sake. Um, listen, don't forget, you can check out all of our good stuff um, across on www.jersnot.com. Code. UK. we've got the fan friendly forum over there we've got the archive which is well worth a, a wee sneaky peek I've really enjoyed your time tonight guys thanks for coming on we will probably be on and off as the week goes on as we look forward to um, two huge games for the football club on, on Thursday night and of course the game against that show up next Sunday which we will always look forward to um, have a lovely week and we'll do it all again next week thanks for watching Good night.